Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop, which is taking place on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer to sign up. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to identify simple solutions and systems that will make a massive difference and ripple effect inside of your center. I'm going to help you create efficiency where you need it most and understand what is causing your school to feel so hectic and where those big pain points are. We're going to clarify your center's priority system to improve this summer. I'm going to show you how to audit those systems. We're going to define your desired outcomes, and you're going to leave the workshop with a simple plan that will make huge impact. And by simple, I mean very simple. No complex, no multi-step processes. Super, super simple. No one has time for long things. No one has brain capacity for extra stuff. We need simple things that have massive impact. Go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer, and I'll see you there. Welcome to the Schools of Excellence podcast, where we have conversations about education, leadership, and building a school of excellence. The goal on this show is to bring you clarity, up-level your mindset, and give you practical strategies and inspiration so you can show up with confidence and trust your decision-making. I'm Khan Wolshansky. I'm a mom of four under 10, a former New Yorker, and been in the early childhood field my entire life. And I'm so grateful that you've joined me for this conversation. Do you have a nice culture or a kind culture? Do you show up from a place of obligation or generosity? How do you know if you're hunting for happiness that's temporary and fleeting or joy and meaning? These questions aren't like rapid fire or a trivia game like Jeopardy. These are deep and thoughtful questions that require us to take a step back and think about what do I really want to build and create? Today's episode is my conversation that I had with Lori Buxton, who's the managing director at AELL. Lori and I have monthly conversations on leadership on our social channels, and I felt that this conversation was really important to bring onto the podcast as well. Besides for being a great conversation with a lot of strategy, insight, and great conversation, this is what this year's Summit of Excellence is all about. This year's theme is all about conflict and kindness, where school leaders from around the world are coming together to learn the systems, the mindset and the rhythms to sustain excellence. This is about building the right infrastructure to elevate a team of leaders who want to be brave and kind and not people-pleasing to keep the status quo. I hope that you have checked out the Summit of Excellence. If you're interested, the link is in the show notes. You can go check it out at schoolsofexcellence.com slash summit. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Lori. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Director Dialogues with Lori and myself. We haven't been on here in several weeks. I feel like it's almost been like two months. We've both been head down working on big projects and exciting things that are happening in 2022. But it's just been so nice to see you again, Lori. So thanks so much for joining me. Sure. So before we hit the record button, I was sharing with Lori some of the top things that I'm seeing in the industry right now and different conversations that we're thinking of having. And 
when I told her about, I'd love to talk about the difference between a nice culture versus a kind culture. She's like, yes, that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to jam on. So that's what today's episode is about. So I want to get started with why I'm seeing, and really both of us are seeing this um, slow evolution into choosing niceness over kindness. But first we have to explain the real difference. So Laura, I'd love for you to get started. Just how do you really define the difference between the two of them? You know, well, I think that it's, 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 it's hard. It's, it, there are, there, there are a lot of overlaps that can almost make it feel like it's the same thing, but, um, I feel like niceness Okay, I'm going to back out of this because this it, this helps me to kind of separate the two. So it's the same conversation as what the difference is between happiness and joy. Happiness mm-hmm. is all feelings. It's all ooey gooey. And nice is all feelings and ooey gooey. You're, you know, you're, it's niceness. It's, you're all up in your feels, as I like to say, which I spend a lot of time in personally. So I'm very familiar. Whereas joy is about your belief systems. It's about your truth. It's about your core values. And kindness is the same. Kindness is really rooted in your character. It's rooted in what you believe about your leadership, about your business, about your program, about the other person, about that relationship, et cetera. And so kindness is not always warm and fuzzy and ooey gooey and glitter. Kindness and can sometimes be challenging because you have to speak the truth, even if the truth is uncomfortable. You have to hear the truth, even if the truth is uncomfortable. That's where you get feedback. It's where you have those very real dialogues that you and I like to have, where you get down into the realities of life. And so, um, it, it at, at at a glance. Nice and kind look like the same thing, but they're really very different places. They're different head places and they're different heart places. I really appreciate that you brought that example with happiness and joy, because I, I think it's it's so spot on where, you know, and, and, and many times we view happiness as like, when I have this thing, then I'll be happy. Niceness mm-hmm. very much fits along the same lines. Like if I don't hurt this person's feelings or if I'm nice, then they'll like me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I really see the difference between nice and kind is niceness is really about people pleasing. It's really about mm-hmm. what do I need to do, say, be, mold myself into so the other person likes me. Right. Versus acceptance. Exactly. Um, be accepted to the tribe or whatever it is versus kindness is um, boundaries. Mm -hmm. How do I show up in this conversation? What is my integrity? What is my value? Which really stems so much from what do you want? Like Mm -hmm. what is important to you in your organization, in your life, in your center? So let's dive into why are we seeing so much more niceness, people pleasing, not wanting to rock the boat, not wanting to hurt people's feelings in our centers? Like we've seen this always, like this isn't new, yeah. but why is it more prevalent now? You know, I think because people are tired. I think their cups are empty. I think they have been fighting on so many fronts. You know, you and I've had the conversation on small talk. We've had the conversation together about this extended season of survival, you know, and, and, and the chemicals that it, you know, 
it, it creates or, or compels and, and how it makes us do life and do business and what have you. And I think that, I think there's a lot of weariness and people are like, I just don't know that I can take on one more battle. And if I can just smooth this over, you know, and we think that by taking, there's a cost when we do that because the core issues don't go anywhere. It's just a glossing over. You're putting it on the shelf, you're shoving it under a rub or whatever, and you're making nice in order to move forward in the moment. But that moment's going to come back around. And when it comes back around the next time, it's bigger and it's bolder and it's more difficult to get through. I'm just, you know, and eventually you put enough stuff up on your shelf and your shelf collapses. Let's talk about the shelf analogy here for a second. Because I talk about there's so much, right? And I, I love that you gave that analogy. So we, a lot of times I hear things like, well, I was nice or whatever, because it's not a big deal. Right. It's not a big deal today. It becomes a big deal when you keep pushing it off. Right. And you keep stockpiling this stuff on the shelf. And then what happens is the shelf collapses, but you don't get to decide what breaks on the shelf. Correct. Whatever ends up collapsing and breaking. And the issue is there's a lot on that shelf, your health, your wellness, your marriage, your relationship. Mm -hmm kids, your culture, yeah. your reputation, your financial, all of those mm-hmm. sit on the shelf. And then when it cracks, you don't get to choose. Oh no, don't, don't let this crack. Don't let this break. Don't let this break. Mm-hmm. You don't decide that. It just collapses. Mm-hmm. And so this is why you have to be so intentional about what is the crystal vibes that doesn't go on that shelf right. because you don't want that to break. Right. You know, I had a conversation. It's such a, it is a very similar thing. And and then it's one of the things again, that, you know, we carry so many burdens leaders as a rule, you know, we don't like necessarily admitting this about ourselves, but I think you have to have the self-awareness to know that. I mean, almost every leader that I've ever met has a certain amount of narcissism, egocentricity, right. And, and, and that can drive us to make pride decisions instead of leadership decisions. And it can affect, you know, the conversations we have, the way we delegate and what have you. And I read something the other day, I was researching for some training I'm doing, and it was talking about, you know, you can, you know, you choosing not to share your burdens now is not doing anybody a service, you know, because we can get, we can, we can twist and turn it in our mind and say, well, I'm not going to give this burden away. I'm not going to delegate this thing away. I'm not going to put this on someone else because their plate's already so full. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I'm worried about what people are going to think about me, that I'm not strong enough or whatever. And we can make really poor decisions as, as leaders in not giving that stuff away and continuing to carry it on our very narrow shoulders. And by the way, very human shoulders. We were not made to carry everything. It was never intended that way. There are bunches of people on the planet so that bunches of people can share the load, right? And so when we avoid the kinds of conversations that we need to have, when we avoid giving the things away to other people, holding them accountable for the things that we hired them to do, and we continue to do our job, their job, and two other people's jobs, then eventually it's not like you're not going to give that stuff away. You're going to be giving all that stuff away when you collapse. And you're going to be giving it to people that weren't properly trained or prepared to take on those responsibilities because you didn't do the work on the front end to prepare them and equip them because you were afraid to give it away or you were afraid to have that conversation. You're not helping yourself and you're not helping anyone else by avoiding these the, these moments, you're robbing yourself and you're robbing your team of opportunities to grow 
and evolve beyond where you are today? I think a nice culture really comes about also in the classrooms with the staff when you see teachers really choosing niceness over boundary setting. Um, And this happens every single day, multiple times a day, where you'll have a teacher that will walk in five minutes late after her break instead of coming on time. You'll have someone who will, you know, purposely um, or, you know, not purposely, but trying to be trying to discreetly not do it on purpose, forgetting to go, you know, get the milk so the kids can have breakfast. And then the other teacher is the person that has to stop what they're doing and go take care of that. All of these micro moments that when you're looking at it in its myopic way, it's like, oh, it's not such a big deal. I could just go get the milk or it's only five minutes. The problem is, and I'm a huge Brene Brown fan and follower, and so are you. <laughs> choose temporary discomfort over long-term resentment. And we don't choose the temporary discomfort because we are afraid that the person is now not going to like us. We don't Mm want to rock the boat. We don't want to be seen as that person. And really, I just give the script of, hey, Lori, I really want to talk to you about this break situation because we both need breaks. We mm-hmm. both need mental time and space and physical downtime when we're working right. with young children. And it makes me feel uncomfortable that you're walking in five minutes late. And it might be not intentional. Um, it might be something that you're not aware of. And that's why I want to have this conversation before it brews into something bigger. Correct. What happens is, is the other person sometimes is really conflict avoidant. And they're like, Oh, whatever. Oh, I'm so sorry. I never blah, 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 blah. And they try to like shut you down. And then the other person is left to feel stupid. Like, oh my gosh, like did I just make a big deal out of nothing? And then it's, it's having the courage to lean further into the conversation and say, I appreciate your apology. I accept it. And I want to talk about how we can make things better because mm-hmm. this first time this bit this has happened a few times so telling right. me that you're not going to do it again doesn't feel right for me um it doesn't right. it doesn't sit well right and 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 here's the thing is that the other person probably really want even though it's uncomfortable they probably again there's no telling we don't know what's going on in someone else's world we don't know what the drivers are and so opening up the dialogue especially if you're in a team setting because if you can't have those kinds of conversations i'm not sure what kind of real teamwork you can get done you can get some stuff done but the real you know deep core work is going to struggle if you can't have those kind of conversations and so when you know i love that you went into that I accept, you know, that I accept your apology, you know, and, and, and I hear you and I appreciate that, but I want to, you know, I want to support you. Let's fix this, you know, let, let's see what we can do and what can we adjust, you know, in order for both of our needs to be met, because I'm going to tell you something, even if you think they don't care that, that I don't care at, that's a defense mechanism. That's oh, not really that's, true. That's, 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 a, that's, that hides their embarrassment or their shame or their whatever, for not stepping up or for not showing up or whatever. And so it's an avoidance. So don't be afraid to take that deeper dive because that's real the, where the real work of those team relationships happen. Yeah. And, and again, let's go back to the children because ultimately anyone who's watching this, listening to this, we started child care centers or, you know, preschools, whatever it is, the program, because we care about 
children. We care about quality education. We care about the future generation of leaders. And what happens is, is, you know, the kids see everything, the kids watch everything, the kids internalize everything. And when our kids are being raised with role models who are conflict avoidant, who choose niceness over kindness, um, who aren't brave enough to have these courageous conversations, we continue to perpetuate the cycle of dysfunction that this is okay and this is normal and it's not normal and it's not okay and it shouldn't be tolerated and that shouldn't be the standard that we're okay with having. Um, So let's dive in and give some examples uh, for the leaders that are watching when staff do similar things where, you know, they come late once, twice, three times and the director has the conversation and they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm I'm gonna be on time tomorrow. And the director accepts that. You can't accept that as an appropriate response because that's not true apology and true accountability. That's deflection. And really what that is, and I did this on my podcast a few weeks ago, when someone gives those excuses, what they're really saying is, could we just finish this conversation faster so I can go back to feeling good about myself and you can stop, you know, harassing me about X, Y, and Z. That's what they're really trying to do. Mm -hmm. They know it's a charade. They're trying to like, just shut down the conversation. So let's, let's talk about that. Why should, what should the director do in those moments? I think when someone says something like that, it's like, you know, that would be awesome. Can you share with me what, how you're going to do that? Because we've already, we're, on, we're having this conversation because a pattern of behavior has, has established itself, right? This isn't a one time, you know, this is the first time this person's ever been late. We're not going to be having this conversation for the first time. So if we've established that there's a pattern of behavior here, okay, yeah, but yeah, tomorrow you should be on time. That is my expectation. But share with me what your game plan is for being on time tomorrow. And for the day, being on time the day after that and being on time the day after that, because then that's when they're going to either confirm your confirm their commitment or they'll confirm what you just said, that they have absolutely no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. They just want out of your office. Are you looking for an in-person event to come together with other school leaders in person after the crazy few years that this has been? it's time to get together. And so I wanna share with you information about the Summit of Excellence in Florida. At the live Summit of Excellence, we're gonna be addressing issues of conflict, emotional intelligence, resilience, discernment, creating boundaries, regulating the emotions of our staff, and the challenges of interpersonal relationships and work. I say this all the time, what breaks businesses is not operations, financials, or systems. What breaks businesses is people. Every interaction with staff, children, and families has the opportunity to create connection and reframe negative feelings around conflict or drive a bigger wedge between everyone involved. You see, conflict is a big part of any healthy relationship. When two people come together every day, every week, every month, there are going to be moments of conflict. It's part of being human. And you're not gonna always have the same perspective as the other person. And so it's really imperative to learn the skills necessary to make conflict constructive, collaborative, and an opportunity for connection. So this year we are making this part of our hallmark and theme for this year's event because at the crux of your center, This is what's going to bring your school to that next level. 
when you and your team have the right skills and practice them regularly, consistently, everyone's able to contribute to a culture where conflict is accepted, managed, and used as a catalyst for growth, as well as a springboard for a culture of contribution. You see, staff need to understand how to build personal ownership and have scripts and tools to advocate for themselves. You want to build a team of leaders who adopt the practices of conflict management with self-awareness and emotional intelligence and understand how to create that positive impact on the entire organization. And so if you're interested in joining us at the Summit of Excellence, I encourage you to check out the link in the show notes, schoolsofexcellence.com slash summit for more information. This event is capped at 100 people. This is a curated, incredible, high-star, five-quality experience, and I'm looking forward to welcoming you and your teams. This really is the best professional development that I have found. I've gone to a lot of conferences. This one is beyond just getting information. This has been my third live event. Every single time I attend a live event, it's totally different because Khani continues to up her game, continues to do research, continues to refine exactly what she's giving over. There's a lot of positive energy here. Khani does a really good job of hand-picking and curating everyone who ends up here because other conferences, if you're, you're, you're talking to people, there's a, you know, there can be a slight negativity. People bring their problems. They're... You know, they're, 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 they're a little bit more apt to say, well, I, 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 that would never work at my school. I've tried that before. But I don't know. There's, there's a different energy here. So here's another thing also when it comes to first-time things. I get this question a lot. Like, like something will happen the first time. And like, do I bring it up the first time? Here's my thing. When I was, I'll never forget. My first job was in New York City in the Upper West Side in a preschool And I was about a month, maybe six weeks into the job, and I came late. There was ridiculous train traffic, and the trains just weren't budging that morning. And I walked in about 20 to 25 minutes late. I walked into the building. I signed in. I ran straight into the classroom to, you know, go all hands on deck. And when my first, by my lunch break, the first stop that I made was at the director's office, And I came in there and I said, listen, I was late today. There was a ridiculous amount of train traffic and I want to apologize for showing up late. And I want to let you know that I'm going to start taking the earlier train and I'm not coming late again. And she looked at me with like, oh my God, like what what was that? Right? Because here's the thing. Something can happen once, right? We're all human. The question is, are you waiting for the boss to come to you and then you give your beautiful laid out excuse? Or do you come forward and say, here's what happened. Here's how I'm taking accountability. Here's how I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen. Again. So I believe that when something happens the first time and the person doesn't come forward, you should go talk to them. You show them it's okay to be late sometimes, but you need to have accountability. Mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. And, and I think that, not only is it accountability, but it's also relationship engagement. You know, what if something really, okay, so you don't, again, we don't know what's going on in people's world. You know, we don't have that crystal ball. There's no telling what caused that person to come in late. And it may be something that they're really struggling to talk about. And maybe they don't feel like they have that open door, that window or whatever to be able to come and say, hey, this is what's going on. And when you care enough, 
to go and, and caring. That's where kindness and niceness part ways. Kindness is holding people accountable in doing these check-ins. And so when you come to them, A, of course, you're making them, making sure they know that you know that they're late, you know, but you're giving them the opportunity. I, you know, I've had people that, you know, I've come in and the reason they came in is because this, they just got this terrible phone call that morning and, you know, something awful happened in their world and they have, and, and they're just barely holding their bits and pieces together. Well, guess what? I need to know that too, because that person's about to go into a classroom with young children and they're not in the right head or heart space to be able to do that. And as a leader, we have to be present enough to be aware of changes, to be aware of um, opportunities to support our team and support means accountability support means talking keeping an open door and open line of communication so that if they're not okay they can tell you that if they're and if it is a situation where it's just a job to them and they're just buying their time until they get their next job you need to know that too because you need to be planning for their replacement because that's not the person that you would put in that seat and leave them there. You want somebody who's invested in what's going on and, and by engaging, and it goes back to your, we, you see how all of these conversations end up coming together? You know, the avoidance of conflict, you know, yeah, maybe you don't want to know that they don't care, but you need to know. Maybe you don't want to hear all of their problems, but you need to know what's going on in their world if it's going to impact what goes on in the classroom. Mm. And so presence matters. Engagement matters, and 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 that's uh, when you signed up for this role that you signed up for all of that too. This leads me perfectly into this next question and conversation. Here is the leaders that are listening to this and really pausing and being like, okay, do I have a nice culture? Do I have a kind culture? What like what's really going on in my organization, mm -hmm. right? What does the leader need to start doing first with themselves? And switching their mindset from niceness to kindness before we start to create anything in the organization, right? It's so important to remember the ripple effect. Everything starts with you. And so don't come off of this podcast and be like, okay, I'm going to go walk the staff through the difference between nice and kind. No, no, no. First, you need to understand this. Right. Um, let's talk about some action steps for our leaders to start shifting from being the nice leader to the kind leader. Yeah, it's going to require some intention, some thought before we speak or act. And I think, I mean, when you said that, there were just two words, you know, that kind of came to mind. And, and you go back, okay, what's going to, what is motivating this? Am I motivated by a need to avoid or am I motivated by a need to engage? Because if I'm looking to avoid something, it's going to be, I'm much more prone to go to the nice lane. You know, because that's where you're going to smooth things over. And I'm, and and this is speaking from someone who is my natural inclination is to make people happy. I mean, you know that that I love that, right? Yeah. And so, so yeah. I've had to really work hard to make sure that when I am engaging, that and kindness can look like it's not like you can like you go to the kind, you take the kind lane, and you can no longer be nice to people. It's really about what's motivating. Are you being motivated by your core values? Are you being motivated by genuine, you know, real tangible goals? And are you being motivated by progress and, and, and what have you? Or are you just, you know, are you just like the, the you know, Tinkerbell and you just want to glitter everybody, you know? And I mean, I love glitter and I love rainbows and unicorns. Like, you know me, you, honey, you've known me a long time. You know how much I love that stuff. That's my happy place. 
But am I doing it for me or am I doing it for others? Am I doing it for the greater good or am I doing it to get out of dealing with the stuff that I need to deal with? And so for me, the place I start is what is my motivator? Is what I'm about to say? Is how I'm about to act going to take, am I avoiding or am I engaging? I love this piece of the motivation factor because I think very rarely do we take the time to pause and be intentional. What's motivating me? And the biggest driver for not being intentional is a rushed mindset and the lack yeah, of time oh, yeah. to create that. And so I think this is a great way to kind of wrap up this conversation around as we head into this new year, how do leaders create time and space to understand that being intentional about kindness versus niceness, learning the skills to be lean into conflict, understanding how to be a leader that creates a culture of contribution and collaboration versus dependency and avoidance. How do we create that time and space? Everything feels heavy. Everything feels busy. We always feel like we don't have time with excuses of the hiring crisis and then this and that. Like what? What's it There are just some things in life you just have to do it. You have to make the decision and you have to do it. I promise you that you are spending the time that you need cleaning up the messes that you're not dealing with on the front end. So if it, I, I know it's true because I know it's true with me. I, this is, you know, I, I go first every time I go first. And um, I, for me, because I struggle with time stuff as well. And last year going into 21, I took a step back and looked at my calendar and I started taking control back of my time. I started deciding so much of our day is spent letting other people decide how we're going to spend our time. And we need to take ownership of our time. It's ours. And so we can share it with others, but it belongs to us. And so taking a step back and saying, okay, it's like how you spend your money. If you're trying to manage your money, you go back. You, the first thing you do is start auditing. Watch every receipt, watch every expenditure, and you make decisions about what stays and what goes, what's necessary and what's not. And you have to do the same thing with your time because we give a lot of our time away to things that don't attach are in no way connected to our goals, our mission, our values, our whatever. It's just, it's just, it's just waste. It's niceness. It's niceness. The time is the niceness, right? Like we yeah. become nice with our time. I want to give it to you. I want to now like me back. Now do this for me or whatever it is, right? And the yeah. kindness of the beautiful boundaries of yeah. this is my time. I need to own it. So, and you need to have accountability. We all need somebody to be accountable to because especially when it comes to niceness, because it feels nice. I mean, it's a good feeling. It's for in the in the immediate, it feels really good. It doesn't feel like oh, you're. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. You get all the warms and fuzzies. And if there's somebody in your world that can hold you accountable, not like, you know, but just say, you know, talk to me about how that sees your calendar. You know, when you say you're going to, you know, you're going to block this or you're going to, you know, you're going to commit time to reflection, you're going to commit time to, to, you know, planning and, and, and what have you, and you're going to close off the world so that you can do that. You're going to sabbatical so that you can recharge your batteries, that there's somebody that holds you accountable to spending that time the way that you say you are. I love that you said that. So one of the rhythms that I have in my business, so Todd Herman's my, my business mentor. And one of the rhythms that I have is every quarter when we do one of our calls, I actually open up my Google calendar and I show it and I'm like, okay, here's where I'm currently spending my time. Walk me through the gaps. Like, what do you see that's mm -hmm. broken here? Based on what I tell you that I want, 
what is my, like, we could say, I want this, but then the calendar tells a different story, Mm -hmm. right? And that's where accountability comes in. And it's like, what am I not seeing? Like, I told you that these are my goals. Is my calendar reflecting that? Or is my calendar saying the nice story versus the story? Well, and my coach, even she, she made me elevate my calendar game. So we do that and then I have to go back and then I have to assign percentages to how my calendar is laid out. See what kind of percentages of my time are being given to what and how, and, and I mean, it includes my, my family time, my married time, my, my Lori time, my whatever time. And, and when you start assigning percentages, because you see it on a calendar and you see it through one lens, but you start assigning percentages and it can really tell you a bigger story about where there is or is not balance in your life. Yes, this is also where invisible labor comes in, which is a whole separate conversation, oh right? My gosh, yeah. Um, you know, invisible labor, emotional labor, all of those things. So I love the idea of percentages. Um, I, I, for me, I try to track the invisible labor to to the best of my ability. But it, for me, in 2022, a huge focus is really creating more alignment because as a mom of little kids, invisible and emotional labor takes way more time than I ever give credit for. Um, and I had this conversation yesterday with Ariam. The very conversation there to go and the price that we pay is with our physical health it, it comes up somewhere right and uh, oh gosh I just love all the things and I could talk to you for another 20 minutes just about calendars and all of this but let's loop this back in this episode was all about niceness versus kindness choose kindness be yeah. kind as a leader be courageous be brave be bold recognize that niceness is the short game. And when you're a yeah. leader, you're always playing the long-term vision game. And Lori, I just, I really appreciate our, conver- like just having these conversations with other people who have mm-hmm. similar values, who have similar missions, who, who are driving for the same things. Just these conversations keep me accountable with like, oh, I need to create a renewed sense of my calendar. Like, let me go dig into that again. So yeah. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate our conversation for being Thank on the you. show. I want to wish everyone just an amazing holiday season, a happy yeah. new year, full of abundance of joy, of time mm-hmm. spent with people that you love and that you care about. And may we enter this new year with just a year of prosperity, of real happiness, of real joy. Mm-hmm enough suffering, enough pain, enough loss. We're done. We're ready for a new chapter. Yes. I I said the other day, um, I think it was on small talk this week. I said, all right, we're going to have a big, hairy, audacious year. That's what we're going to have. We're going to have a big, hairy, audacious year. We are done. We are done living on the crumbs. We are going to have an outstanding year, regardless of what happens, regardless of the things that we have no control over. We are going to, we're going to make choices that make it big, hairy, and audacious. I love it. Lori, thank you for being here. Everyone, thank you for listening. Thanks for joining Bye, guys. If you are loving the Schools of Excellence podcast and have gotten any value out of it for your school, I would love if you can do two things for me. One, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And two, can you please leave us a review? Reviews help other school leaders know that this is the place to learn how to build a school of excellence. And I would be so grateful if you can do that for us. Your help and support makes this show to be able to be listened by the thousands of other school leaders all around the world. Thanks so much for listening, for giving us your time and attention each and every week. And I appreciate that you have joined us.
Hey there, I want to invite you to join me for the Strategic Summer Workshop on Thursday, May 30th at 1130 Eastern. You can click the link in the show notes or go to schoolsofexcellence.com slash summer. In this workshop, I'm going to walk you through how to optimize your already efficient systems or help you tweak some ones that need a little bit more tweaking to help you enter the 2024-2025 school year with ease, with success, and with calmness. Increase your profitability, reduce your expenses, and more than anything, just help you buy back some of your time. I look forward to seeing you there.